Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. You know, sports is a great example where the past can have such a difficult result on and the consequences on your today and on your future. Let me give you an example. Almost every sport on earth has some story about a team or a franchise or an organization that has had some kind of misfortune in their past. Let me give you an example. One of the most famous streaks of misfortune, misfortune came upon the Boston Red Sox. Yep, it was 1919. When the management made the decision to sell the famous Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees. Somebody said, bad idea. Many fans believe that decision was the launching of an 86-year drought from winning the championship. It was not until 2004 that it was finally broken. The curse of the great Bambino. For 86 years, they bore that burden, believing they could never get beyond their past for letting go of Babe Ruth. Our past doesn't just weigh us down in sports. Many of us can probably point to one or two decisions which we've made to which we struggle to let go of the guilt and the shame over what we said or over what we did. But know this. Failure is an event. It is not a person. You might want to write that down. I said failure is not a person. Failure is an event. It's not a person. The Bible's full of stories of individuals. Well, shall we say, some shady paths. But because of the Lord, they got a do-over. Matter of fact, I was, uh, it was rainy and the field was wet and I coached baseball at the high school. And, and so we had to go indoors to the gym. And uh, we decided to, at the very end of the, of, the, of the practice session to go players versus coaches first time. And, and I, uh, oh, I ripped a good one. And I ripped a hammy while I was doing it. Found out the gray hair is there for a reason. <laughs> but you know, um, you find out that God's still into do-overs. I remember yelling at the guys because everybody's screaming over a play. And I say, you know how we handle this when I was a kid? And everybody got quiet and I said, do-over! And they went, oh, and everybody ran back to their old base, and we did a do-over. I wish we hadn't, because we got the short end of the stick. But you see, when we come to Christ, and we have something we don't like in our past, maybe it's controversial, maybe it's just flat-out wrong, we get a do-over. And the good thing, it always turns out better with Jesus as our sidekick. Or us his, I should say. When people place their trust in Jesus, they're just made different. They're forgiven and they're made new. 
The good news is that all of our decisions, even those that have caused us guilt and have caused us shame, can be nullified by the love of Jesus. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And this is what Paul writes. And this is to a church that is really struggling to do things correctly. And he says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. Wow. Here's a church that was struggling with the pagans, the Gentiles, and then all of a sudden the Jews and their law, and these two groups couldn't, couldn't agree on anything. And he says, hey guys, when you come into Christ, you're all new. You're not stuck in the law and you're not stuck in your pagan. Guess what? You're, you're on the road with Jesus. See, Paul's highlighting God's amazing love. Paul's declaring that in Jesus we can all be free from any regret, any shame, anything from our past. You see, when God's love reigns in us, it overpowers the hold that the old things have on us. The old things. Now catch this. However, we got to catch this. The old things in my life, because I'm made new, God says it's time. I need to clean them out. I need to move them out. Why? Because I got to bring in the new stuff. Have you ever had some old furniture that just needed to go? And you got the new stuff coming? What you got to do? Get the hubby, get the big boy, and get that thing out of here. What do I do? Put free on it, put it on the curb. Just get rid of it. I love what Chip and Joanna Gaines, they're, you know, would you guys remember Fix, Fixer Upper? I love that show. So much fun to watch. But Chip coined a phrase when he was going to take an old home, he and his wife, and they're going to remodel it. What was his favorite day for those who watched the show? It's demo day. It's the very first day of what they're going to do on the remodel. And what is demo day? It's ripping out anything old, anything broken, anything damaged, anything they're not going to use. They've got a big dumpster. They rip it all out. They take it out the front door and they throw it in the dumpster. And they just rip it all out to the bare bones. Why? Because they're bringing in brand new floors, brand new walls, brand new electric, brand new everything. And at the end, after watching it for an hour, you get to see what they have in result in just a couple of minutes. And you're like going, I want to live there. Well, then you got to go through demo day. Each of us have to allow God to do a demo day in our hearts. Take out all that is broken and damaged and no good. Rip it all out. Why? So He can put the new stuff in. The Bible says in Psalm 103, verse 12, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the 
the west. Have you ever noticed that? If you go east as long as you want, as far as you want, you never meet west. You ever go west and go as far as you want, as long as you want, you'll never find east. Isn't that strange? It's different, though, when you go north and south. There's an equator, and all of a sudden, now you're going south, now you're going north, depending on your direction. The psalmist is making it clear. It's impossible that for your sins to have an impact on your future if you will stay in the love of God. He's removed it. It can't have an influence on us as long as we stay in the presence of His love. Wasn't that fun to have those guys sing that? Folks, we don't have to walk a defeated life full of shame, full of guilt. Have you ever seen that person? Something tragic happened in their life, and decisions they made, and it was just a bad deal, and they're just never were the same after that? They kind of walked around like a messed up hamstring. You know what I'm saying? That something, that, that little pep in the step was gone. It was as though if there was a dark shadow always following them. That's not God. That's not God whispering, you thief, you gossip, you're disgusting. That's not God. But that is the father of lies. The enemy of your soul. See, you're a new creation. And your past does not control your present or your future unless you let it. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll look at verses 18 through 20. And I, I love how Paul says this. This is all God's gracious gift. What's he referring to? He's referring to what we just read where we become a brand new person that the old life is gone and a new life has begun. He says, oh, this is a gift, a gracious gift. It is all from Him. This means that getting past our past is not something we can do on our own. That's when we all say amen. amen. Anybody try to get past your past on your own and it still haunts you? All right? I'll lift my hands up for all of you. We cannot overcome our mistakes or make up for them by doing good things. Have you ever seen a person doing that? They really messed up and now they're trying to do all these really nice things, really charitable, really giving. And you're like going, hey, that, that doesn't make up for that. God forgave that. Why don't you just do that because you're just doing that for the sake of the kingdom, but not for the sake of paying a penance. No, no, no. Stop thinking you need to be punished. There's no such thing as God wanting to be punitive on you. We cannot overcome our mistakes or make up for them by doing good things. God has reconciled us to Himself. Though our sin broke our relationship with Him, His love 
reigns over our sin and makes us right with Him. Wow. See, when we confess our sin against God and receive His forgiveness, we experience a restored relationship with God. Reign on us, Lord. His love reigns on us and we are made new. Now, a person's love for God is really better caught than taught. People want to see you live out your faith, your love for God. And when they do, they actually, when there is authenticity to it, they want to know why you are like how you are. They'll come up to you and go, Miguel, you don't cuss. Ever. How come? What's going on with you? Why are you like, why do you not gossip like everybody else at work? How can you show up on time and you leave late if need be? You're different. What's, what is it with you? Oh, I know. You're one of those Christians, aren't you? Yeah. I am. I guess I stand out, don't I? And then they go, why don't you give me a little bit more of that, Jesus? Because what I got ain't working so well. Can I hear a little bit? You'll be surprised. You know, if you're just you and Jesus, it's going to get noticed. It's when you hide Jesus, you just blend right in. I want to know if I have to stand accused of being a child of the King, accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict me and say, He really is a Christian? What would they have as evidence? Besides my pulpit, what would they have on me? How about you? Could you be convicted for being a Christian? Or would there be very little evidence to prove it? See, authentic love for God, it's contagious. People want to hear about it. They want to see authentic love. See, when a person is truly passionate and loves something, or they love someone, they can't help it. they got to talk about it. It just kind of oozes out of them. When we really love God, and we truly allow His love to reign in us, in our lives, it's kind of like those police sirens and those lights. It just draws attention. And somebody's going to ask you, What's going on? I, I see your father's eyes in you. Could you talk to me about him? <laughs> so tell your story. Share how your past was forgiven. This is who I was. I was scared. I was angry. I was messed up. Whatever it is. I, I did things I wish I had never done. Here it is. You don't have to get gory and graphic. I just messed up a lot. 
And then what? Then I, then I had this encounter with Jesus. This crazy pastor guy spoke about Jesus and I received him. Or maybe I was at a Bible study. Or maybe I was just at a relative's house. How did you, just, how did you meet Jesus? And then, this is how I am today. With Jesus. Every day. Every day. Every day. You know nobody can argue with you on that. They can't say, well, that's not what scholars say. They can't go, well, you know there really is supposed to be 67 books, not 66 books. They can't argue whether or not Adam and Eve had a belly button or not. <laughs> Who cares? Why? Because this is how I was before Jesus. This is what happened when I met Jesus. And this is how I am now because of Jesus. That's my story. And nobody can argue with your story. And before you know it, they're going to say, can I have a story like that? Sure can. Let's pray. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with all of our family, with all of our friends, with all the people at work, right? No, that's not what it says. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. Isn't that beautiful? You know, the truth of the matter is, is when you're without Christ, you're lost, you're loud, you're treading water in the middle of the ocean, and, and you don't even have a sun, there's no stars, you don't know which way is right or left or north or south, east or west, you're just literally lost. And it's Jesus who comes in, true north, and points you in the direction to go. He's the one who brings us true salvation. He's the one who takes our sin, our mistakes, our brokenness, our past, our shame, and nails them to the cross. He became sin on behalf of your past. Even though He was perfect, and even though He was sinless, He did that for you. It was an act of love. If you're united with Christ, if you are in Him, in your, in your confession of Him, then God does not see your sinful past anymore. He sees Jesus first. You know what borrowed authority is? People do it all the time. You ever go in and you're trying to find a product, you can't find the product, but you talk to the manager and the manager says, no, there's more stuff over there up in the still or out in the back. And you go up to one of the people that work there and they said, and you say, hey, I need this product. And you borrow authority. You say, and, and Charlie, the manager says, it's in the back on the still. Right? 
Because if you say it's in the back on the still, they go, thank you very much, man, but uh, there's no more product than what's there. But once you said Charlie, the manager, they go in the back and they get it. Why? Because you had just borrowed Charlie's authority. Well, guess what? My past, my ugliness, my guilt, my shame, your past, your guilt, your shame, your ugliness... When you face life, you have no authority on your own. But all of a sudden, you borrow the true authority of life and death in the blood of Jesus Christ, and you say, in Jesus' name, Satan has no power over you. He's got to honor the authority of the blood of Jesus. And he moves away. And now you're filled with peace and joy and hope and all of His goodness. I came across a story about a company that made cake mix for, for selling grocery stores. And they expected to make huge profits because they were able to make this cake mix that all you had to do was just add water. And they thought, you know, that everybody would love that. And they found out that their cells were plummeting. They were horrible. And so they did some research and they found out that the reason why the people didn't want to buy it was because they thought it was way too simple. It must be junk. We're not going to do that. So they went back to their R&D and they did a little research and development and they decided we'll add one egg to the mix and a little bit of water. Everybody started buying it and they were selling it left and right and everybody loved it all because they had to add one egg to the mix. You know, sometimes people, they think receiving Jesus Christ is just way too easy. It's just like just adding water. There's got to be more for it to be real. I, I, I must encounter some punitive action. I must have to pay a really, really dark price. There has to be a curse on my life for what I've done. I must suffer greatly because of my sins. So would you not please add some eggs to the ingredient mix? It can't just be the blood of Jesus. That's too easy. Don't you know what I've done? Don't you know what I've seen? Don't you know what I was a part of? I need to be punished. But there was only one person on that cross who was pure of heart. And He did it for you. He did it for me. My name is Marvin Telemontes, and I'm a sinner saved by grace. Nothing else but the blood. Nothing else but the blood of the Lamb. Whether we're invited to simply receive the love of God and to let Him rule or reign, it's just really up to us. You don't have to make it hard. I guess I have to say I'm sorry it's so easy. But it is. Jesus, come. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me for all of my sins and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. 
And then you get to experience joy and freedom. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.